Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Streetwise Theology Out of the Ivory Tower and Back into the Hands of the Invisible Church Thanks for listening to Streetwise Theology. My name is Luke Saint and uh, in the past, you've heard me talk about on this podcast how I'm not all about the gospel, quote unquote. You know, some people talk about when they talk about ministry and they talk about their purpose in life, they just want to be all about the gospel. Well, I, I'm not all about the gospel because I, I don't see anyone in Scripture saying that. And and secondly, when I say I'm not all about the gospel, what I mean to say is that I'm not all about what people think the gospel is in our culture and our society. What they think the gospel is. Uh, is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's what they think the gospel is. They think it's limited to that uh, pretty much, and you know, they limit it to gospel is just personal salvation. Most people just take, when they say the gospel, it doesn't mean the gospel of the kingdom, which is the first time, as Seth Brown has pointed out on my show a few weeks ago, that's the first time you see the word gospel in the Bible is when it's talking about the gospel of the kingdom. Now, when I, I do believe uh, we should be all about the gospel, but I believe the gospel, which just simply means good news, should be uh, we should be talking about I'm all about Genesis through Revelation, the full counsel of God. Paul did not withhold the full counsel of God to the people that he was with. Unfortunately, many churches do withhold the full counsel of God from their congregants, thinking it's either too much for them, they can't understand it, which is their job to teach it to them, uh, or they think it's uh, irrelevant, which is probably the latter camp is the majority of what uh, our nation falls into. I want to talk today about people who emphasize just preaching the gospel. You know, a lot of their ministry, when you get involved with, in a conversation with them, it comes down to, you know, at the end of the day, we just need to preach the gospel. We need to preach the gospel to ourselves. We need to preach the gospel to other people. Um, and again, they don't mean the full counsel of God. They do not mean Genesis through Revelation. They mean Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They mean, they mean I'm a sinner who is saved by grace, and that's it. While it's true we do need to preach that to ourselves and others, we should not limit it to that. Um, we have 66 books in the Bible that have way more information other than just believe, therefore, in the Lord, and you shall be saved. It's, it goes way deeper than that. There's way more things that we need to be talking about, discussing, and my whole focus doesn't hinge on one verse. And my whole focus hinges on the whole Bible. Not one jot or tittle is irrelevant. All is useful application, although I'm willing to argue that much of what is in the Bible, we just haven't found useful uh, application for yet. It's similar to what Bo Marinoff makes his argument that uh, pollution is just unharnessed energy. I believe there's a lot of unharnessed energy in the scriptures uh, that we haven't found a good use for yet. And frankly, it's going to take us a long time to do that. But I don't believe that we should just limit it to personal salvation. I believe that's way wrong. So what I want to bring to your attention today is uh, what I call reverse rapture theory. And uh, th- this is this is the this is the theory. You might even call it a hypothesis. What if, what if there was a rapture tomorrow, but instead of all the Christians being taken to heaven, all the pagans were taken away, and only Christians were left here? You know, there was a rapture of the trumpet sound and all that kind of stuff, and all the Christians woke up one day and we found all the pagans' clothes laying everywhere, um, lying everywhere. Uh, you know, what what would what, what would happen? 
you know, would we be, would we rejoice? I mean, what, what would the long-term effects of that be? You know, we just woke up and all the pagans were gone and we still had all the same possessions and everything was the same. It's just all the people who didn't believe in Jesus Christ were gone. And all the people who did believe in Jesus Christ from the least to the greatest, from the weakest to the strongest, were still left here on earth. What would happen? What would the long-term effects be? Well, I'll tell you right now, I believe very strongly that in um, less than a generation, we would have the same wicked institutions and the same pagan to Christian ratio, uh, maybe even have less of a pagan to Christian ratio because the people in this nation do not know how to run a society. They, they don't know what to do um, if control was given to them about, okay, let's run this institution, run the institution of education. Okay, uh, Christians by and large, okay, run the institution of government, run the institution um, of science. You know, they, don't, they wouldn't know how to do it. Uh, they, they have limited their Christianity to a, a personal gospel message, and therefore it doesn't apply to these things. So if they were given control instantaneously as a culture, they would uh, turn right around and start, uh, start doing the same thing that the pagans were doing with it, and that is abusing it. This, in turn, would create the next gener- a new generation of pagans, because that's what we see going on right now. The Christians, if they were to you know, believe the scriptures and have faith the size of a mustard seed, would be able to stand up and uh, take uh, over. I don't just say take back. That's that's a that's a, a whole other argument right there. Um, take over culture and redeem it in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, uh, through by His Holy Spirit and through His His Word. If they were suddenly given this power to you know and the control let's i mean goodness knows the white house come on can we talk the white house will be gone i mean the, the whole thing goodness knows if there's even one christian in that whole place that would be gone and it would have to be staffed with christians so if we only had christians left what would they do would they would they get in i, I can tell you right now what they would do they would re-establish all of the same wicked pagan institutions and we would continue to churn out wicked people right and left within the same generation and within one generation we'd be back to square one it would be like the pagan rapture didn't even happen the 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 point of these pagan institutions is to produce other pagans that that's the point that's why they're made it's to fight against christianity and it's to produce wicked people and a wicked culture but the Christians, since they've limited their gospel message to just, hey, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you should be saved. Oh, and by the way, um, go to some conferences, go to Bible study, and go to church. But that's it. Since they've limited it to that, they don't know how to what to do with an institution. They don't know what a godly institution looks like. They, they don't even know what's in the law of God. They don't know how to apply it practically or basically. They just know uh, about personal salvation. So they wouldn't know what to do with all these things. And as a result, we would have chaos and disaster. In fact, it goes even so far as to say that Christians don't know what to do with success. Our theology uh, is, a, is a pessimistic theology planning on the destruction of culture and, and, and the ruining of all that we hold dear before Christ raptures us out of here uh, at the last second. And, and it, it it's banking on failure. So if we suddenly had success... Uh, we we would we would again work in sin and wickedness because our theology demands that there be sin and wickedness being victorious over our churches. 
So again, if we, uh, on top of not knowing what to do with these institutions, we would be, we would automatically, as a culture, set about setting up failure for these institutions because that's what our theology demands. We don't have a theology that 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 has a victorious church, and I didn't say victorious Jesus because he doesn't say the gates of hell will withstand me. He says the gates of hell will not withstand the church. He specifically said that he could have said me, but he did not say that. He said the church. So we don't have this positive um, uh, theology or eschatology that's that that plans for success. Um, you know, these, these people who set these things in motion, like the Puritans and, and, and people who came before and after them, uh, were, were planning on these long-term uh, We had these long -term plans set in motion so that, that future generations down the road would benefit from it. And they put their blood, sweat, and tears into that. The Christians nowadays are planning on Christ coming back in their lifetime or their children's lifetime, so not planning ahead generations. So... You know, again, if we were given these uh, institutions just wholesale, all of a sudden we would set about setting them up for failure. Our theology demands it, and we wouldn't probably wouldn't do it consciously. Some some of some people wouldn't anyway. I believe some people would. Um, some people would not. Uh, and again, I don't, I don't think they do it consciously. It would just be a natural thing because uh, they don't know how to reform institutions. In Proverbs, it says that righteousness exalts a nation. You know, it, it, this has, that has, in my opinion, that has very much little to do with personal salvation, although I believe it's included. Righteousness exalts a nation, a nation, its culture, its people, its traditions, uh, what it celebrates, what it, it, it abhors, should be all reflect the righteousness of God, the ethical, judicial, as, as um, Marinoff often brings up the ethical judicial approach to what God thinks about things. Are you interested in Christian education? Would you like to learn how to be a Christian teacher or how to run your very own Christian school with success? The GCS Apprenticeship Program can help. Learn more on our website at gcsapprenticeship.com. If we really did get control of these institutions right now in the state that we're in, we would still uh, we would still continue to produce these wicked. We would still we would remake these wicked institutions because all the pagans wouldn't be around to run them. So we just put more Christians in there and run them the same uh, same exact way. We we'd fall under the the foolish notion that we need to somehow go back uh, to like the the golden age, quote unquote, of you know, republicanism, which is back in the 50s. Goodness knows you can't go back. You must continue to move forward. God didn't make it so that we go back to the good old days. We must go move forward to better days. Um, we, we would still have public school. We would still have major state worship because that's what we have going on now. Uh, we would still have, uh, frank, frankly, we would still have abortion. I mean, that, that we're seeing that more and more with the videos that are coming out of these people uh, walking into these abortion clinics. I'm open to an uh, argument that these people are not true Christians. I'm definitely open to that argument. Uh, but just by the way that they're talking, um, you know, there, there's there's people out there, the true, genuine Christians who thumb their nose and uh, at abortion. So I, I'm under the opinion that as of right now, if all the pagans were taken away and only Christians were left, we would still have abortion. It, it would still be there. These things that are plaguing our society wouldn't go away just because the Christians got a hold of these institutions. 
Now, I don't want to continue to curse the darkness. I want to light a candle here. When we talk about cultural heritage, a cultural inheritance, you talk about those things that you pass down uh, that you can't buy or sell, that you can't hold or touch or put into a will. It's the it's the cultural inheritance of a of of the of your your fathers and your children. Uh, what would you pass down the values that you learned? Are you preparing? Uh, for future generations? Are you asking yourself, okay, if I make this decision today, how's it going to affect the next 10 or 12 generations? I mean, obviously, you can't go that far and you can't be too precise, but at least think three or four generations ahead. Plan for those people. Uh, and that extends, to your, that extends to your job, your career, your church, um, the way that you view government and society. You need to be, we need to be, as a culture, thinking three or four generations ahead because I, again, bring up to you that when this theology of failure came into play, people stopped thinking ahead. Nobody was thinking about me. They didn't think I was going to be here as a, as a culture. They were not planning for me. And as a result, they let the culture go to crap, handed it over to Pagan, say, you take care of it while I have my own little kingdom here in this church. I know I talk about this a lot, but it's unbelievably relevant. This is, the, this is one of the giants that we need to be fighting in our culture. It's this fact that we've given up on the future. This is a fact that we're not, we're not preparing uh, for future generations, we, we, we keep thinking Christ is going to come back anytime soon, and the, the, the visions of the future uh, and the thoughts about the future are just completely gone. So that's why I say, again, if we, if we suddenly had these institutions as Christians, we would produce wicked institutions, which would turn around and produce wicked people. One of the points I'm trying to make with this podcast is just, is that you know, quote unquote, just preaching the gospel is not redeeming these institutions. Our, our theology is not planning for success. So we, we just preaching the gospel is 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 a theology that plans for disaster because we're just trying to get as many people onto the boat, uh, you know, onto the boat uh, or on the life raft on the life rafts, frankly, before the ship sinks. You know, so when we limit our our testimony to just personal salvation, the institutions run amok and our children suffer as a result. Here we have the Lord in Exodus planning for a thousand generations. We haven't even reached a thousand generations, as I said before in one of my earlier podcasts. In Deuteronomy 4 9, it says, Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, unless they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children how on that day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb. The Lord said to me, Gather the people to me, that I might let them hear my word, so that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live on the earth, and that they may teach their children so. This is still just as applicable today as it was back then. We need to be taking teaching our children and our children's children to be planning for these things. I think there's even one passage in the Bible where it extends like five generations down the road. Their children's children and all that kind of stuff. If the Bible is planning for these things and it's teaching us to do that, why aren't we doing the same thing? We're doing we're not doing it because we've accepted uh, a, a theology that plans for disaster, that plans for loss, that plans for defeat. This is nowhere in the Bible, although I believe you can isolate things to make it that way. As a whole, the gates of hell will not withstand the church. We must be planning for success spiritually, culturally, physically, mentally, and all these things. The Lord will have victory so that someday when, by the grace of the Lord, we will no longer say one to another, as it says in Jeremiah, know the Lord, for they will all know me. 
We will know what to do once we finally redeem these institutions and we will use them to produce even more godly people who live longer and more productive lives and take dominion over this earth. Thanks for listening, my friends. Be strong and courageous. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Streetwise Theology, brought to you by the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society and Reconstructionist Radio. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com and thinkandreform.org. Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom.